Welcome to 10,000 More, the podcast that explores the topics of grief, mental health, love, and everything that intertwines that all together. I'm Ruby Falk, and whatever it is that brought you to me, I'm very grateful for it. Today, I am joined by Rachel and Rebecca, who are sisters um, living in Denver, Colorado. And in 2015, in the summer of 2015, they lost their brother to leukemia um, after a pretty long battle. So yeah, I'm really excited that both of you are here to share your story and and I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> We're glad to be here. <laughs> To be talking to you. Yeah. So in 2015, I can't believe it's been like almost four years Mm -hmm. this summer. Sometimes it feels like it was yesterday and other times it feels like literally a lifetime ago. But um, our brother Reed was sick for eight years on and off, Um, got diagnosed with cancer when we were in college and then we were living. He was 24. He was the oldest. Oh, okay. He, um, and then it was like, you know, just cause you don't have cancer anymore. doesn't mean you're totally healthy. So he right. dealt with health issues when he was technically in remission for a while. And then Rebecca and I were living in Washington, DC and he got, um, re-diagnosed with cancer or relapsed. what's it called? Relapse. For the third time. For the third time. And we found out that he needed a bone marrow transplant and Rebecca and I had randomly like registered, or not randomly, we did it before <laughs> pretty he... Pretty intentionally. Yeah, pretty intentionally. <laughs> we did it before he relapsed. So then once they decided he needed to do that, it was really easy for them to quickly look to see mm. if we were a match. And I was a uh, match, which is actually really rare for siblings. Really? Yeah. And I thought oh that it... I know. I thought that was more common, but... It's rare. I mean, it's just difficult to be a match with anybody. And I had like nine out of 10 of the factors were the same. Wow. So, yeah. So then we like, Rebecca and I were kind of coming back and forth to DC and Denver, trying to be here, constantly debating if we should just like move home. Yeah. Um, And then did the transplant and it didn't work, obviously. And then got a call one day in this very dramatic fashion. Rebecca and I were having a joint birthday party. (laughs) And both of us were working like our full-time jobs and fitness jobs. So there were like 150 people coming (laughs) to our birthday party. (laughs) And um, we got a call from our mom and said like, come home right now. So we just sent on like paperless post a blast out that was like, party's been canceled indefinitely. And then didn't go back to D.C. for, like, a year. But, um, so I think, you know, and then we came home and things... We had been told previously over the course of eight years that it was the end and to say goodbye. And, you know, that's traumatic to do once, much less, like, six times. Um, So when we came back, I wasn't, like, totally sure this is really... Right. It. Um, and for me, like after doing the transplant and knowing 
like I literally did everything I could and it didn't work was it was just a crazy crazy time I don't know Rebecca if you have anything to add but it's just like we got more time with him than they had said we would but it was bad it was really like he wasn't present really and um I know you've talked about in the past people asking like how you're doing or whatever people checking in and every time we'd be like it's bad they'd be like but 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 good bad and we're like no it's just bad we're just like waiting it was a waiting game it was a waiting game and then I remember we had like when they told us that um like he's he's surviving just because we have him like on support basically and they're like if we take him off it could be like 24 hours and he was such a fighter he was 32 even when they took him off that support he lived two more weeks which like shocked I mean he shocked his doctors forever but that was like just the epitome of who Reed was he was a fighter he wasn't ready to die and that was tremendously traumatic to be his sisters and you know, and also trying to console our parents during this time, which I don't think we successfully, I think all of us were like dealing with, yeah, a parent should never lose their child. And then, and thank God, like Rebecca and I had each other. I literally could not have handled it without her. But, um, yeah, that was, I mean, I was just thinking about how, that time period, especially when we came home and the two months and the transplant and all of that was so traumatic and terrible Mm -hmm. that it was really hard for me for a long time to focus on like who Reed was as a person Mm -hmm. and not just seeing him in this terrible state Mm. and not having people tell us, you know, during that two week time, they're like, he's like holding on for you guys. You have to tell him that it's okay. That was hard. Yeah, that was really hard. I think also what you just said about um, spending time thinking about who he was as a person, like the eight years that he was sick is, like I was a sophomore in college when he got sick, so it was pretty much my entire adult life. So it's weird to think about who he was as a person. like Separate from that? Yeah. Yeah. But even like who he was as a person sick was so admirable and like he'd be having these terrible, painful procedures and he'd just be like stoic and he'd be like, thank you to the nurses. And like, and I'd be like screaming expletives and like just the nicest guy. But he was also so funny. Exactly. And like to maintain a sense of humor, like he was a comedian, but to maintain a sense of humor when really things are as bleak as they can be. (laughs) And even like when he wasn't fully present, there were things that he said that like we were rolling on the floor. Like he was still at his core, a nice, hilarious, intelligent guy. But I think, yeah, I mean, it's hard because you don't want his life to be defined by that, by his being sick. And there was so much more. But that was, like, he was 32. Eight years is a big, it's a big... It's a significant amount of your young adult, your entire young adult life. Exactly. So 
yeah, I think like as time has gone on, it's been easier for me. I don't know if easier is the right word when it comes to grief. Like I struggle with like, what do I call it? Like it does feel right, but it does feel better than it did four years ago. But like, is it easier? No, I don't know. I think about that all the time. Maybe it's I've been just thinking about that a lot yeah. too. And I'm kind of okay with the word easier. Very yeah. recently, yeah, like like last week. Yeah, recently, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Being okay with it being easier, right. and I think we're coming into, or at least me personally, is coming into that point of like coming out the other end, not like, and and that's troubling too, right? Like I don't I don't necessarily want it to be easier, exactly, because that. I don't want it to seem okay. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And at least like my standpoint is like the easier, quote unquote, it gets, the more time has passed. Yeah. The more distant my dad is Uh from me, the more of a memory he is, the less of a physical person he is. And like, so I really struggle with that. But do I want to be this miserably depressed? Right. Like raw nerve? No. No. But... Yeah, it's it's such a hard. I also wonder if it's like that as time goes on, we learn more what to expect. And I think um, I know something we've talked about a lot, all of us, is that grief is not this like linear trajectory. And it's not which I think I kind of anticipated it more to be like, okay, I'm going to have this time where everything's awful and I'm totally lost. And then, you know, slowly I'll figure it out and I'll bounce back and whatever and then realizing no I will never be the same person I was before my life will never be the same I think kind of like changing my expectations and that way it's easier because you're carrying less of a like burden Mm -hmm. on yourself to be who you were before and kind of like adapting what grief looks like to you and I think just learning to not be hard on yourself about like how you should be feeling. Right. That makes it easier too. I agree. And I think not being hard on yourself and just letting people know, like it is such an up and down experience. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I'm having a down person, I've or down moment moment. Yeah. Um, I've learned to just say to whether it's my husband or Rachel or whatever, like I'm having a really tough time Yeah, and like being able to verbalize that. And I feel like things, I feel like it's becoming more acceptable to talk about like what we actually need or at least me personally. That's great. Yeah. I think I agree. Like asking for help and being able to articulate the feelings also, because I don't know if you experienced this, but is we've lost people before, right? But then right. when you lose someone that's so close to you and right. that's just um, in such a terrible yeah. manner, not that there's, like, a good way, but, like, you know right. what right. I mean? Like, in of this course. traumatic manner, it's everything that I expected to feel or whatever, it's totally different. There's no way to anticipate that and so even being able to like sort through my feelings enough so I can articulate them to myself because I remember so many people asking like what can I do what can I do and I'm like I don't know I I wish I knew yeah I have yeah I have no idea I wish I knew yeah and now I think getting to a point where it's more like 
this is how I'm feeling and I need space or I need to go to my parents or like whatever it is. I think, and that all goes to the idea of it being easier as we've just kind of like learned. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You mean like the two of you after having lost someone or do you think as a society we are moving more toward comfortably talking about that? (laughs) I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I agree. Yeah. I think maybe like not as a society, we're moving more toward that. I think it's like Rebecca and I have learned and to cope and to, um, you have to advocate for yourself. Totally. And learned that. And kind of when you're in this whole, I feel like after it was this muddled, like unfocused time where I was just drowning and I couldn't Mm -hmm. like swim to the top. You're just overwhelmed with emotions. So to be able to kind of sort that out, tread water, figure it out. But I feel like as a society, we may not be having a better conversation about mental health, but I certainly think like I am and our friends and, and maybe it's partially after this loss and realizing that that now is something like that we've gone through and that I need to talk about in order for me to be okay. And I feel like now we're nearly four years out since Reed passed, but still struggling a fair amount of time with certain things. But I think that people who haven't experienced such a close loss are like, oh, it's been four years, yes. you're married, you're so many moving things on have happened. with your life, right. whatever, and we have to talk, at least me personally, sometimes with friends have to say, like, I'm having a tough time right. because of X, Y, Z, right. whether, like, I don't know what it is, if we're doing, like, the LLS walk or sure. something not as dramatic, but... um because people just assume because it's been four years, yeah. right? You're moving on, but I feel like I have to talk about my feelings because I'm not moving on, right? Yeah. Well, and I don't like want to, right? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to, and it's not realistic for me yeah. to move on. And right. I feel like something we've also talked about is some of those like good big moments that have happened have been unexpectedly, for sad. me at least, so yeah. sad. Yeah. And brought up, like, when Rebecca, when you were getting married, I think it was harder for me to deal with Reed not being there than when I was getting married and Reed wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like, I just, like, watching our little sister get married and go through all of this and our parents and whatever, it was just, like, the loss felt really big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was, so my... I had gotten married, two months later my dad died, and then the following May, so I can't do math. 10 months later. So it hadn't even been a year, but 10 months later was my sister's wedding. And it was like a beautiful occasion, but like a dark day for me that I tried not to share, but I like, it was rough. And well, and that was the first one, the first like occasion. And then, you know, when I got pregnant and every, everyone's, as you were saying, like everyone's reaction was like, oh, yay. Like we're moving forward. Oh, things are resuming as normal. Like this is so great. And I'm like, but do you understand how awful it is for me to think about every single minute of the day that like I'm about to have a child and my dad is never going to hold her? Yeah. Like that to me, all my dad wanted was to be a grandpa. And like, I just don't think people, people think like they're dead and then it's done. Right. And then you have like a year 
and then you're moving on. That would be so nice. Right? I'm like, I wonder if that's like something we can start. Right. Is there a pill for that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Probably there is. Yeah. Yeah. Is there an app for that? Yeah. I feel confident there is. <laughs> Yeah, I think... Which um, you are probably experiencing the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And being <laughs> pregnant now... Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> We're making that announcement here. <laughs> no, it's like I think about him constantly. He was, um, you know, because he was so funny and just a really kind-hearted... He was a big dude, but he was like a teddy bear. Yeah. Just <laughs> the most lovable. When people talk about experiences with, um, like, brothers teasing them, whatever, that was just not Never. our experience. Yeah. He was too nice. He like right. didn't know how to do it. Right. No, there wasn't a <laughs> bone exactly. in his body that like led him like, to do that. Yeah. Right. He was just the kindest. And so he was really close. Like he loved his friends having kids. And I think my mom now kind of has taken that on. Yes. I was, um, you know, that she celebrates all of our friends having kids. Reed did the same thing. He made like books with his voice. Yeah. I want to get those yeah, from his friends. Should. But um just like loved that. So the idea of him not being here to be the uncle is like heartbreaking. And it and like you experience, I mean, just pregnancy is such a joyful time, but there's this like cloud over it mm-hmm. of there's a piece, a huge like piece missing yeah. from what the experience should be and what I always expected it to be. And even like I think a lot about the fact that Reed didn't get to know my husband. Yeah. And thankfully, they went to the same high school, and I think they, like, knew each other, and it's crazy. We've met all these, like, people in common, but, like, that's really hard that the person I'm spending my life with doesn't have a relationship. And Rebecca's husband, luckily, like, they adored each other, Reed and Joe, so, like, that's nice. But it is, there's just this sense of every, like, joyful moment in life moving forward, for me at least, there's a dark cloud over it. 100%. Yeah. Life is fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. But guys. yeah, I mean, this, this sounds down, but it Sorry. does. No, I, I get that. That's totally fair. And I do think like part of my perspective has changed in that, um, like these moments of happiness, I value them. I think I would value getting married and having a child, yeah. obviously, <laughs> but it's just like the sweetness of the good stuff. Yeah. And I experienced that at my own wedding a lot, especially like having it where we had the funeral. Yeah. I'm um, just because that was our synagogue where we grew up and kind of turning it into a happy moment and getting to have like everyone we love together for a celebration mm-hmm. instead of something sad. Like that feeling was so, so sweet. Yeah. And I think. I hate, like, the things, like, well, you have to have, like, the bad stuff with the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. like, no. I don't like that kind of... <laughs> yes. That's, like, <laughs> oversimplifying it a lot. But right. I do think, even though the joyful moments are made sadder, it's the meaning behind things. I just think it's, like, deeper. Amplified. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I'm going back to something you said earlier about how hard it was to watch your brother go through that and and be in that awful state. And I thought about that a lot. This is weird that I thought about this. But I thought about it a lot after my dad died because I never experienced 
what it was like to lose someone from like natural causes or having to watch him suffer. Like he just died. And that was, I wondered like what would be worse? Because, because there is some, there is some truth to the fact that suddenly losing someone particularly to suicide by truth. I mean like research that particularly to suicide is, is there is a, an element of trauma there that doesn't exist elsewhere. But like, would I rather have had time to say goodbye? Would it have made a difference? Like, I don't, you know, and as you said, you can never, you'll never be prepared to hear like he's gone. Right. Like no matter what you could be preparing for years. Right. And then all of a sudden it's just like, how is this real? So I don't know. I think that's interesting. And Rachel said, like, we had said goodbye so many times. Yeah. And unfortunately, every time we did say goodbye, at least in my memory, he was never fully there. So I don't think we ever had, like, a cognizant goodbye. Right. And I don't have any regrets about anything, but. Right. It would have been nice if I had had some of those deeper conversations with him. Mm. I have vivid memories of having conversations with him when he was kind of like in and out of it, of him telling me he did not want to die. Yeah. And that was just unbearable. Yeah. Because that was obviously totally out of my control. And it was like to watch a 32 year old saying they didn't want to die and there's nothing never felt more helpless. And I have regrets. I wish that like, it's not about like the end that I have regrets about because I think, you know, we came home and we're there every single day and he was aware of that at that time. And I know that meant a lot to him, but it's more like just, I think this probably happens with anyone that you lose. I wish that like the times we had together, I just spent more time. If you, if something's like, yeah. Yeah, of course. How can you not? Right. But I, I think about that a lot of like, which is worse. And I don't think that's, I think they're both right. Terrible. And I think it's the same thing as like thinking about people that haven't had this kind of loss in their life, they also have something in their life that's the worst thing that's happened to them. And that's been like a lesson for me too, is that when people are like, you know, my dog died, which like, I get that that's very hard. And if that's the worst loss, I would never wish this on anybody. Of course not. Right. But like for them, that's their worst loss they've experienced. And that doesn't mean that their feelings or, um, you know, how they've, processed it or whatever is less than my experience it's different and I kind of look at our experiences the same like I can't imagine going through what you went through and it being in an instant literally yeah Yeah. that change but like ours was pretty horrible too great (laughs) right I think like some of the things that him particularly telling us repeatedly that he didn't want to die is one of the worst things and I mean I um just literally seeing him go through it for um every time he was um like actually not in remission sorry I'm not the scientist or a doctor um every time he was like sick cancer yeah, yeah, yeah he was in the hospital the majority of the time. Every, like, 
pretty much every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause he was, was so sick. Yes. There were complications yes. without fail. Yes. So those are like the things that were traumatizing in a different way. Right. right. Like seeing your big brother in That's a hospital extreme. bed. Yeah. Right. So I don't know, but I am fighting for life. Yes. And also those, those like words just must be, I don't want to like put words into your mouth, but that hearing someone say that to me, my brother, no less that like, they're not ready to die. Yeah. Would be seared into my brain for the rest of my life. Exactly. So like, yes, trauma exists clearly in every sort of, like there are, there are traumatic elements to like everything, but I just, I've thought about it too. So you saying it's weird. You've thought about it is not. And okay, cool. Like what is better or worse? And like, I don't know if I'm like, cynical now or that's not the word but it's so. just I feel like Dark. No, I feel like yes. yeah yeah but it, it's, it's true I'm just like I've talked about this with like a friend who has never lost thank god has not experienced a loss like this and I was just like I wonder if it would have been worse like to lose him to cancer or to suicide and my friend was like what a weird thing to say <laughs> I feel like the grief sure. community there's like certain jokes and right, like we're exactly. laughing about things and it's like your friend. Yeah. One of my yeah. friends <laughs> was like on a first Tinder date and <laughs> just casually talking about their families. And he's like, Oh, so like, um, you're close with your dad. Like what happened to your mom? And she's just like, she died <laughs> recently. Dun, dun. Yeah. And he's he was like, like, Oh, okay. Like <laughs> don't know how to react. And like, she thought it was hilarious. Her delivery was funny and whatever. And I laughed. I told Ruby, like, we laughed. It was funny. That poor (laughs) Tinder guy. But, like, you know, there's a certain element that, like, you have to have the humor to lighten up something that is so dark. And, like, for me, I feel like that's, like, a good way of coping. And, you know, it's an awkward topic for people, especially if you haven't gone through it. So, like... You gotta, you gotta learn your audience. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you gotta learn your audience a little bit. <laughs> a first date when you're just like, I respect that so much. Doing though. like surface level questions, and you're go just on like, a oh, good question. I don't know. Have we'll have to, right. yeah, we'll have to do a follow up on yeah. that. But. She's invited to the show. Yeah. Okay. Um, what was I gonna say? I was. Oh, okay. I also do think it. So your brother was very funny. My dad was very funny. Like sense of humor was hugely important and so I do think that like like I think my dad would appreciate some of like totally the awful situations I've gotten myself into after he's died and people are like so how are you doing I'm just like oh man (laughs) yesterday I couldn't even get out of bed and if these were like a very casual acquaintance and they're like oh my god now I have to sit here and listen to her and so they're just like, oh my God, yeah. retreat, retreat. Right. But I can't. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like losing someone funny and then coming to that point where you like remember the positive and the good yeah. things. And I don't know about for you, but I try and live like those, those great things about him. I want to be like a bigger part of my personality and to yeah. like focus on the humor and the laughter because that was so him. So I think he would appreciate all the like inappropriate jokes yes. and yeah, exactly. uncomfortable things that like I think are hilarious. Yeah. You just said something though that um, spoke to me about getting to a point where you're remembering the good things. And I feel like that's part of where I'm at four years, nearly four years later mm-hmm. is that 
when I think of Reed, I before would imagine the first image that would pop into my head would be him in the hospital, him saying totally. those things to me. And I think now where I'm at, that's not the first thing I remember. The first thing I remember is like, he had a really weird mustache for a while. That was <laughs> funny. Like that comes to mind. Yeah. That, that is also kind of interesting going back to what I had mentioned is that I don't have, well, for the first like year or two or longer, even thinking about my dad, it like I didn't associate him with like happiness. Every time I thought about him, it was somber. I would cry uh-huh. at the drop of a hat. Like it was just, yeah. it was so hard. And, and then it slowly got easier. And then I was slowly remembering like funny things he used to say or do, or like a response that he would have to something that would be like hilarious. And then, but I, when I think about him now, like I don't have, I don't remember seeing him in any sort of like bad, awful way. It's just, which sometimes does make it really challenging. Cause then I'm like, he should still be here. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. it's, so it's, I don't know. Both have, it's right. I don't know. I feel like that's also kind of what we were saying back to like about things being easier. I feel like being able to remember the lighter things and not just the heavy, like the terrible conversations we had with it's him. It's hard. I mean, it takes so much That's work. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It takes like time and therapy yes. and like, yep. like active effort. Yes. And exactly. Like participation in your. Yes. Right. Healing. It can't just exactly. be like passive. And... Right. You, it's something you have to like practice and almost like a skill to develop, but yeah. it is the like, being able to remember the good moments with someone, I think makes the whole thing feel less heavy. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Still sucks. But it's like not, but it's, it's almost like the heaviness. I feel like it's like lightening your little bit. Like you're walking long and there's, um, who's that person on Instagram? Mari. Andrew. Yeah. I think we referenced this. It was like either in Alyssa's story or Anna's story. I don't remember, but I think I know what you're about There's to like say. this picture that she had. Was this what she did like when you reached out to her? It no, was... that was for the, are you talking about like the bags? Yeah. The different sizes of bags? Okay. No, that is. So yeah. it's like she has That's different sizes of bags. She's walking long. One is just this huge bag that mm-hmm. like you can barely walk under. And then it's a little bit smaller and you can move. And it's like the last picture, the imagery is just perfect. She's amazing. Like, yeah, look at it. But it's like the big bag, you can't move. Like you can't walk forward. And then the last one is like a little purse. Yeah. You are carrying that around with you everywhere, but like you can do other things. And yeah. 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 Have you not seen it? No. Oh, it's the best. I haven't. I'm going to pull it up. We're going to take a quick break, and I will show it to you during that time. Welcome back, guys. Um, during the break, I showed Rebecca the artwork. That is amazing. And if you have not, I have to share this with like everyone who has ever lost anyone or is supporting someone experiencing loss. Mari Andrew, her Instagram, she's like a 
illustrator. I don't know what you would call her because she also writes some stuff. I think she's artiste. just an artist. Yeah, she is an artiste and she is amazing. Her stuff, like, especially, she lost her dad and the stuff that she puts out about grief is so, like, perfectly articulate in a tiny little picture. Mm-hmm. And it, like, I, like, show it to my friends. I'm like, this, this is how I feel. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Okay. But, <laughs> um, okay, and then we also were talking about how we have changed, which obviously is going to be like seven episodes <laughs> worth of content. But in specific ways, Rebecca mentioned something kind of funny, which really makes a lot of sense. She thought it was weird, but I said it made a lot of sense. And so I want you to share that. <laughs> Ever since losing my brother, I like scary movies and true crime <laughs> podcasts. I think my brain has just switched to like, this is life. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just think that's, I think that's, maybe you didn't mean for it to be, but I think it's like very powerful. <laughs> that Thank like that, That's how you view life now. I don't remember if I talked about it with Alyssa or Anna, but about just how like my expectations of the world now are, are grim. Yeah. And like, I really don't expect much. And I also expect when I do expect something, it's like the worst, which I've always kind of been like that. So I guess didn't take losing my dad for me to like realize that and have a podcast about it. But I don't know. I feel like we're in tough times too. So <laughs> Economically. Or... Socially. Socially. Yeah. Sure, um, sure, sure, I won't sure. change the subject of your nonpartisan <laughs> podcast. Um, I think the other thing that I have changed a tremendous amount is, and I think Rachel also is about work. And I think you too, like yeah. that, um, I mean, we all used to live in DC. It was mm-hmm. definitely a different pace there. And my job was, um, like my life mm-hmm. and my career was very much my life. I am still, I like to work. Of course. Um, and I think at least for, the next foreseeable future, I'll continue to work, but it doesn't have as big of a, um, grip on my life anymore. Mm. I like being able to come home at the end of the day and do nothing that has to do with work. And I think that is a huge change of who I was before. So it's just like trying to enjoy things more. Yeah. It was like, I feel like for both of us, I'll speak for Rebecca, but I don't want to speak for but you Ruby. <laughs> Just like it, the jobs kind of defined us. Yes. And that yes. was like who we were. Right. And I think for me, part of what I, like I was mentioning earlier, I try and remember like how funny and humorous Reed was and try and put some of that more into my personality. And part of his legacy also is like living life in a meaningful way. Yeah. And for me, that didn't look like what it did before and working a lot. And I know you've talked about previously that it was very hard then to like separate. I feel like that was a whole identity on its own. I was Mm -hmm. literally just about to bring this up as you said this, because you struggle with identity. Well, I mean, I struggled with this too. After I lost my dad, I made the decision to like leave my job, which was astonishing to me that I was willing to do that because I was very much of the mind of like, if I'm not working at all hours, like I'm not living and like, it's just like, who am I? Right. Exactly. So I was like working at a nonprofit. So it's 40 hours plus, 
you know, the 20 million unpaid. (laughs) And then, yeah. And then, and then I was teaching bar. So it was just like constant, everything about me was like work and saving and this and planning for the future. And then it just totally got derailed. So now not only did I struggle with the identity of losing my dad, but also being unemployed and then figuring out like, what did I want to do from there? Yeah. Which is, it's just like one thing after the next of things that were so, so critical and like a, a big, huge piece of my story that were gone. Yeah. And it's just like, how totally. do you, re- it took so long to rewrite that. And I feel like I'm still. Me too. Me, I mean, yeah, that. me too. I like went back to school yeah. when I was 30 and like eight months pregnant. Yeah. So my husband <laughs> was like, are choice. you kidding me? Yeah. Right. I think it's really interesting. I talked to Rebecca about this a lot, how. Um, my husband only knew me after Reed passed away. Mm. And so he didn't know like workaholic Rachel, which so many people (laughs) will make reference to. And he just, I don't think, I don't think he can picture that because it's so different from where I'm at. I want to do meaningful things. I want to teach, um, like fitness classes that empower women. And before, sorry, that was my dog. (laughs) He recorded my house. I don't have a recording studio. I just should put that out there. So thank you. It feels good. Um, go ahead. Well, like before in DC, you're like rubbing elbows with like diplomats, members of Congress and the administration, whatever. And now I'm like, I love to help women feel strong in their bodies. And it's just a total change and equally as phenomenal. But right, but I it's mean, not a contest in DC. It was exactly. very much like, oh, what embassy party are you right. going to tonight? Right. Exactly. Like, and like, who do you work for? Duh. Right, right. I could do you not actually live, live in DC? Right. Or are you on Maryland, I could not side? live that. Yeah. Like to do something meaningful now, and yeah, it's not as secure. And I think my husband would like to see a little bit of the workaholic <laughs> Rachel side, but like, it's just you know. I'm doing what makes me happy and what I find meaning and like that I can give back in a way that, or like do something, you know, I care about in a different capacity. I feel like that's the hugest, the hugest, hugest hugest (laughs) award. I don't think think so. I think that's the biggest difference. She's Googling it. I I think that's the biggest difference for me. And I think like this makes me think of how relationships have changed as well. It's not a word. It's not. For but the I'm record. pretty sure that I've like said it on here. Oh, okay. So I just cool. wanted to verify. Um, Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying like relationships have changed too. With yeah. so much of me changing. And in addition to that, smaller stuff too. Like I don't care about some stuff I cared about yes. before. Or yeah. I remember there was one moment Rebecca broke this like cake dish I had. And oh, yeah. she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like it's a freaking cake dish. Like it's fine. And before, I don't know if I would have cared about it, but it was just like that moment. I'm like, who cares? Yeah. You know, but then like your relationships with people change because I've gone through this whole thing and they haven't like gone through it too. So like relationships at some, I think you've talked about this would be like, some have gotten better and deeper Mm -hmm. and, um, or, or have like developed with people I never thought I would have a friendship with. Right. Just like, Oh, out of a weird. Yeah. Out of like tragedy. Totally. It's like. And then there's other relationships where I think people had the expectation that I would bounce back. And like I said, I didn't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's fine. I think that's what it is. But it's just, it's changed me so much that I don't, there's some friendships that are not the same as they were before. Right. Yeah. 
which I just think is really interesting. And again, something that I didn't anticipate having in this. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the whole thing of trying to figure out who I am, though, post-read, is still really hard for me because Mm -hmm. I was so focused on my job and what was next and the work I was doing, whatever. And it was, it defined me exactly what you said. And now I'm just not quite sure what defines me. Um, Don't tell my boss, but my current (laughs) job does not. Um, But yeah, and you've spoke about that, Ruby. And to me, that's a huge struggle. Yeah. Figuring that out. I wouldn't go back to that. No, no. And this is another thing. I hate when people say, like, someone told Rebecca, the silver lining is all of your family's back together in death. She just choked on it. <laughs> the silver lining is your family's back together in Denver. And we're like... But, not worth but not. But we'd rather but don't, not be together and have not her getting, brother. Right. Like, that's not the benefit. But My favorite thing... Okay, wait, sorry. Yeah, so yeah. far, my favorite thing about having people on the show is, like, every time, every time... This is my third one. The past three times, everyone talks about, like... The things that people say because it's so, like, it's so good. Now, four years later, we can laugh. At the time, you're just like, oh, my God. I can't even, like, respond back. And at this point in my life, I would say, are you kidding me? You're so dumb. I'm pretty sure that you said that that time you just got up and walked away. I did. And you were, like, sitting together and you got up and walked away. Yes. Which, because you can't react to that. But, like, something that I wouldn't go back to who I was before this. Right. Yeah, none of it's worth it. I would be unhappy in a job and defining my life by that and in D.C., you know, over losing my brother any time. But now, like, the person that I am, I like better. And I... That's... Yeah. Wow. Sorry, keep talking. I'm processing. That's like, I was so worried. Yeah, because I, I know I've talked about like identity is so huge when you're grieving and it's, I was so worried about that because I liked who I was before. And I talked about this about like, I didn't have, I didn't, this sounds so ridiculous, but like, I didn't give permission for any of this to happen and it happened anyway. And that pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. That. And that like everything was fine. So like now yes. I have to find this new identity and this new life and this new me and blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't want to. Everything right. was good. I liked everything about yeah. my life before. Like, why do I have to do this now? Right. But you do. And then once you, and that was so hard for me to deal with. And like, I just, I still struggle with that. Like there are aspects of myself that I still really miss, but I'm also becoming like comfortable and happy again, which is yes. foreign to me after feeling you're like in the trenches of yes. grief for four years. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay. And do you think that makes it more meaningful that you had to go through the trenches to get to where you are now? Whereas before we were kind of like, I'm like, I'll ask the questions here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just think for me that like, that's, you know, our identity is, yeah, you're making choices and whatever, but yeah. then to have this huge thing happen and have to like, you're buried alive and yeah. to have to like scrape and scratch and like dig yourself out yeah. of that to get to the other side. I think that's part of what makes it like more that like, I'm proud of who I am now. Yeah. And that like, that's I've come one. from that, even yeah. though by no means am I like better. Right. Right. Yeah. Healed. Yeah. Whatever. No, absolutely Whichever not. Word. But it's like the putting in the work 
now to be who I am, that makes me proud. And I think like, you know, living life and like remembering Reed's legacy and things that would make him proud Mm -hmm. and making some choices based on, you know, what would his advice be and that type of thing that is meaningful to me. That's big. Yeah. That's a really powerful perspective. I never thought of because I don't think of it as like, I don't know, putting in work. I I don't know. I just, it's like survival. Like Mm -hmm. I I had to do this because I didn't want to end up alienating my husband, alienating my friends, not moving forward with my life. Not like, these are all things I want. I didn't want to lose sight of the things that were once important to me just because I lost my dad. But then it goes back to if I move on, am I forgetting him? Right. Am I accepting his death? Is like, it's, it's this back and forth of it's emotional turmoil. Yes. I like did have to go through all of that before yeah. I got oh, to this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I had friends be like, you're, you know, several, almost a year later being like, you're like, you need to step it up as a friend. Like I yeah. did some stuff wrong because I alienated myself to the point where like someone came into town and I like wouldn't see them because I was in such a bad place and I'm like I don't want you to see me like this and it was easier for me to just like refuse them and that that specifically was like okay like I have a choice and like it's not going to be easy right but like I've got to it's not going to be easier if I push everyone away that I love and that loves me like you know so put in the work then and yeah wrapping things up Rach has a quote and I want to know what it is okay I feel like I've like talked it up too much I but know what if it's not good <laughs> there's just a quote that I think a lot um a lot about as it relates specifically to losing a sibling um and I my cousin told me this after her sister passed away she shared it with me but the quote is that when you lose a parent you lose the past And when you lose a child, you lose the future. But when you lose your sibling, you lose both the past Mm -hmm. and the future. And I feel like that sums up in a very depressing way, just kind of like everything we've been talking about. And that it is, um, yeah, I just feel like that sums it all up a lot. But then there's the things that we do to like remember them and it just takes a lot of work. And I think it all for the rest of our lives take a lot of work. Yes. And be a huge part of your story going forward. Oh yeah, absolutely. And to your daughters. Yeah. You know, exactly. Any, any final, well, that was a really good final word. So I'm like, are you going to follow that? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> Make up a quote. Yeah. You don't have to. No, I don't. But thank you for giving us this opportunity yeah. to share our story. Yeah. We've loved listening to it. Yeah. And it's um, been so nice and validating to hear other people say things. So hopefully our story can help do the same thing. I hope thing. so too. And I'm sure it will. And thank you guys for being vulnerable and, and putting everything out there. It's just, it's awesome. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. Continue to take care of yourself and remember you have an entire community of people who get you.